Hello, everyone. Welcome to the very next episode of the TNT College Football Podcast. I'm your host, Bobby Wilson. Glad to be back on this evening. Hope everybody's doing well. If you're listening, um, you're listening to my next installment um, of my show. Um, I First off, I guess I should let you guys what's going on, what's going on in my uh, life. Uh, some real uh, interesting and positive things happening in my personal life. Um, <clears throat> with with my work situation and uh, things changing here. So I know if you follow my show on Twitter, um, you've seen me tweeting over the past w- week or so. Uh, I thought I was going to have to get rid of the podcast uh, because of my job situation changing. And then after I thought it over, um, I'm going to be able to record one weekly show on uh, Sunday nights here. So get used to uh, a uh, Sunday night recording and Monday morning uh, episode dropping. Um, So looking forward to that. I'm also going to be able to continue my weekly UConn uh, football chat with Justin Bursett. So really looking forward to continuing that. But there will be uh, less recordings, less interviews. So uh, that's unfortunate. But I guess I'll let you guys know what's going on in my life. I've uh, recently been blessed. Uh, <clears throat> God has really blessed me and my family with a new opportunity uh, in our local school district. Um, I live in Eureka, Illinois, which is in central Illinois, right between Peoria and Bloomington. And we live in a fantastic community that's <clears throat> centered around God and a school district that's as close as you're going to get to a private school. Um, so it's a fantastic situation. Um, and I, I've been blessed uh, with an opportunity that's going to hopefully progress into even more down the road. So for the time being, I'm going to be serving as a uh, nighttime custodian, which I understand that's not a grand job by any means, uh, but a blessing from God to be able to to uh, do something to provide for my family. Um, and the reason for my podcast getting cut back so much is that uh, my shift will be uh, 3.30 to midnight. So working late nights, uh, taking away time from the, from the podcast. But I know if God wants me to continue with the podcast, he will bless it in whatever way he sees fit. And I'm putting complete faith and trust in him and know that he's in control of all of that. Um, but like I said, obviously a custodian job isn't the grandest thing in the world, but it's a humbling experience. And, and like I said, a blessing uh, to be able to provide for my family. But it's what's, what it's going to lead to down the road. <clears throat> potential opportunity to to uh, go back to school and get uh, I already have a degree but to be able to go back and get teaching certification uh, then <clears throat> potentially hopefully dive into teaching in a year or so and then maybe even dive back into coaching um, so we'll, we'll see what God has in store with all that but <clears throat> I got my uh, my feet on the ground and I'm really working hard in that aspect and like I said, I know God's going to bless me and my family and my entire situation in whatever way he sees fit. And uh, looking forward to if he wants me to be teaching and coaching, I'll be super excited about that. And again, like I said, with this podcast, I'm putting all my faith and trust in him and knowing that uh, he is in control of all that. And if again, if he wants this to be what uh, what I do with my life, I'll give him all the praise and the glory for that. Uh, but that's personally what's going on in my life. Uh, some great things. 
but just wanted to clarify. I know that there might have been some confusion with me saying that I wasn't going to be able to do it anymore and then a day or so later coming back on and be like, okay, I've thought about it. I think I'm going to be able to make things work. And the way it's going to work for the time being is Sunday night recordings, Monday episode drops, and of course throughout the week I'll be on Twitter heavily or not as heavy as before, but every anytime I can dropping some things, some knowledge for you guys, different questions, whatever it may be. Um, looking forward to uh, hopefully uh, plan. I, I have a tentative plan for my uh, travels this season. Uh, as a lot of you listeners know, one of my my goal when I started this podcast was to chronicle my journey of attending a home game at every FBS stadium. And it's turned into so much more. God's blessed it in so many ways. It's just been amazing uh, to to have so many listeners and followers, and and it's 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 amazing. But uh, again, I will be hopefully posting that on Twitter in the very near future. Hopefully, talking about it in the next episode uh, next Sunday night, uh, where I'm going to be going in the near future. But this week, you can look forward to on my podcast for account at TNT College Foot One. I will be dropping uh, my conference previews, um, who, the order of where I see teams finishing in each conference. Uh, looking forward to doing that for you guys. And then probably next week, I will, I will definitely next week, I will drop my top 25, let you guys know where I voted on that aspect. And I guess the other thing I want to discuss uh, before I get into the many questions and topics that I got for this episode uh, tonight Um I know I've been breaking down every team in college football. This is the third year in a row I've been doing that, and I've had to stop. Uh, unfortunately, I got to, I want to say, 101 out of 133, and I really wanted to finish it. But with my new work schedule, it's just not its just not in the cards. Uh, just not enough time now to be able to give the quality product that I want to give. I don't want to just um, do something just to put it out there. If I do something, I want it to be good quality work. And I think that's what my listeners and, and my followers look to is my quality of work and the time I put into it. So I don't just want to like throw something out there that uh, isn't my best work. Um, so I'm unfortunately going to have to stop that. I, I know it stinks. I only had the SEC and Sunbelt left and then two teams in the Pac-12. But I, I apologize, guys. It just... My new job has to take uh, precedence over any of this right now. Unless somebody wants to come along and give me a, a very, very good uh, advertisement deal or something where I can, where this can become my full-time job, I'm all, I'm all ears for that. But for the time being, uh, unfortunately, that's going to have to take a back seat. So again, I apologize for that. I know you guys love seeing those every day, but uh, going to have to take a back seat for now. Uh, but. Go ahead and diving in now uh, to, like I said, I got a lot of questions and topics from loyal listeners. Really, really excited to dive into these. I love when people uh, give me these ideas and topics. But uh, one of the interesting things, I, I forgot who put this out, so I apologize. I really would like to give credit to the source that came up with this. Um, but again, I don't know exactly, I don't remember exactly who the source is. But uh, somebody came out with a... Um, a uh, tier system or a tier or league system for college football kind of like what you see 
in professional soccer how the bottom two teams and the top two teams in tier A, tier B, let's say, um, fluctuate year to year. Um, and then that's what somebody came up with for college football. And I found it really, really interesting. So they created a premier uh, league, which would be 16 teams, 12 team playoff to be determined for the national championship, bottom four relegated to the championship league, which the championship league then would have 20 teams, 12-team playoff there, top four promoted to the Premier League, bottom four relegated to League One. League One also would have 20 teams, 12-team playoff there, top four promoted to Championship League, so the next tier up, bottom four relegated to League Two. League Two then would have 20 teams, 12-team playoff again, top four promoted to League One, bottom eight relegated to Geographical District. And then the geographical districts would be south, midwest, east, and west. Top two teams in each geographical district promoted to League Two. I think it's a very, very interesting concept, to say the least. Um, I, I think we would see some really, really interesting battles for those bottom uh, spots or tops, say the bottom spots in the Premier League and the top spots in the Championship League One and League Two leagues, along with those uh, geographical districts. So I thought this was really, really interesting. Um, the, only, the only thing I worry about this type of system would be the parity that would be lost, potentially. Um, what's keeping... Um, those premier teams, yeah, now granted, I mean, yes, Georgia, Alabama, Ohio State, Michigan, and the like are getting the cream of the crop. We all understand that. But <clears throat> why would anybody then ever transfer from any of those programs down to uh, a quote-unquote lower level or a lower league? So that's the only thing, that, that would be one of my main concerns here. And just the lack of parity then at that point, um, because yes, everybody is included in this in this uh, geographical districts debate, but but then it turns into how do you how do you work this out? Um, I, I think it's very very interesting. Maybe I should post a graphic that uh, that I found. Again, I wish I could credit the source that came that uh, did the work to this, but I, I think it's, I, I think it's interesting. That's for sure. Um, I, I think that the battles you would see between say, let's, let's just say Kansas state and TCU battling it out. I'm just using an example here, Kansas state, TCU battling it out. Loser gets relegated to the championship league, but then those higher level championship league teams, like say Ole Miss and Wisconsin are in just an absolute battle to move up to that next tier. Oklahoma Baylor in a battle to get to that next tier. I, I, I think it creates some interesting uh, competition then at that point. But it then turns into those lower, the, the geographical district teams. Like the Sun Belt is an absolutely amazing league. The AAC is a great league. If you put these teams in quote-unquote geographical districts, 
what then are they playing for? Uh, yes, they want to they want to get promoted to the next league, but you're not playing for a conference championship at that point. So, if you're one of those lower level teams, what, what then are you playing for at that point? If you're continuously at the bottom of uh, of that district, it, it, it would be really really hard to get out of it. So again, an interesting system. I just thought I should share it. Uh, found it. Thought it was interesting. It's an interesting discussion point, that's for sure. Uh, but again, we'll, I think it's something interesting to look at moving forward. Uh, I think there's there's so many things out there when it comes to everything that's going on in college football. It, it, it's it's becoming a mess. Let's just say that. And and one of those questions. I'll go ahead and dive into this question that I got. What does college football look like in ten years? I, I this is a this is a terrible answer, but I, I don't think anybody knows what it's going to look like in ten years. But but if I had to try and pinpoint something, and this goes off of uh, an idea that I've had for a long time that I've shared on the podcast, and a uh, and a question that somebody else had. So I'm also going to answer this other question that somebody else had. While answering this question, that other question being, with so much conference realignment, do you think it's possible that the SEC will be its own league in the future? If you've listened to my show uh, from the beginning or from the infancy stages, I, I think that you've heard me talk about many times, uh, numerous occasions, that there is nothing stopping the SEC from becoming its own entity. And me and my good friend Nick Izzo, we've talked about this long before I even had the podcast. We've been talking about this for 10 or so years even. That we've both firmly – I've had Nick on the show before, and he's the one who got me uh, got me started with this podcast. So you guys can thank, me, thank him every week for what I do here. But uh, <clears throat> I, I, again, I we've had this conversation for a long time that we firmly believe that the SEC will become its own entity – in the very near future. And I would even go as far, to, and we've both even gone as far to say, what's stopping the SEC from becoming a quote-unquote farm system for the NFL? Yes, we got some of these other leagues uh, starting the USFL, XFL. There's always, The CFL's been around for a long, long time. But what's stopping, say, the University of Alabama <clears throat> from becoming the farm system for the Dallas Cowboys. I'm just throwing something out there. Or like the University of Michigan becoming the Detroit Lions farm system and the Detroit Lions handpicking players to send to the University of Michigan. Kind of like with what we've seen in the MLB farm system for many, many years and what we're now seeing in the NBA with the G League. I firmly believe that this is a definite possibility moving forward and something that I could really see happening in the not too distant future. Maybe, maybe not as far as the farm system like I'm hinting at, um, but I, I, I definitely, definitely, definitely believe that the SEC is just going to do its own thing. And I honestly believe that the Big Ten is going to do its own thing. And I'm going to conclude this episode with a very, very interesting take that I think is going to ruffle some feathers. But I will... I'll just leave that uh, carrot dangling for you guys to hopefully get you to listen to the rest of the show, but uh, something that I'm really intrigued with. So to answer the question, what does college football look like in 10 years? 
<clears throat> unfortunately, I, I, this is my opinion. I, I have no inside information about this. I'm just giving you my personal opinion on this. I firmly believe that the SEC is going to become its own thing. I really do. And I really could see the Big Ten doing that as well. That then leaves the rest of the uh, quote-unquote power five. It's no longer five. It would just be, I mean, who knows what it's at at that point if it's just the Big 12. Uh, but the Big 12 could even do it if they go to a power conference format. There's nothing stopping that. Those three power conferences could form their own thing and just say, see you later NCAA. And then everyone else from the AAC, the Sun Belt, Conference USA, the MAC, the Mountain West, the other teams that are getting the independence, some of these other teams as well, do they become then this other entity in the, in the near future? I, 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 again, I don't think anybody really knows where this is going. But in the next episode, I'm, I'm going to discuss uh, – I, I, I'm going to discuss conference realignment over the past 50 years I'm going to do a deep dive into this. I have some really good ideas that I'm going to start doing on some of these episodes. Another one that I'll do in the future, I want to talk about the University of Oklahoma and what I see their future potentially being. But again, to answer this, these questions, what do I see college football looking like in 10 years? I could see the G5 being its own thing. Yes, the FCS will be what it is. D2, D3 hopefully will continue to be what they are. But I could see the FCS or no, I'm sorry, the G5s, I could see the G5s being their own thing because, say, the Big 12, Big 10, SEC, raid the ACC. Over 10 years, let's say those three conferences just become a playoff of their own, and then everyone else from the G5 and then the leftovers and the independents then become their own thing. I could firmly – I could – Definitely see that happening over the next 10 years. So <clears throat> another question that was asked, which conference will NC State land in if the ACC dissolves? Um, this was, of course, by an NC State fan. I, I, I personally hope that the I, I hope and pray that the ACC doesn't dissolve. I'm a former college basketball coach and basketball player. My first love was basketball. And ACC basketball back in the day was king. And I, I would absolutely hate to see the ACC go by the wayside just because of greedy money uh, and, and the people that are in charge at some of these institutions and, 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 and not even so much the institutions, but the powers that be at Fox, ESPN and the like. I, I would hate to see a conference with the prestigious history of the ACC go by the wayside. It, it it would pain me so much to see the Carolina schools, the North Carolina schools in particular, no longer have that connection that they've had. Wake Forest, NC State, Duke, North Carolina. It would it would pain me as a former basketball player and coach to see that happen. Um, it, it 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 just it would be awful, but. If my thought is looking looking into the future, I don't want to hint at what I'm going to talk about in my last uh, my last topic, 
But I think Florida State and Clemson are going to be in the Big Ten. I think people are kind of seeing that potentially. I know everybody's heard the rumors about Tuesday being quote-unquote doomsday for that to happen. Um, but So say that happens. Florida State and Clemson become teams number 19 and 20 in the Big Ten. I think it's very possible for NC State to end up in uh, the SEC with the likes of I, – I could just see it happening that way because I could see North Carolina and NC State being draws in the SEC. I could see Duke then bouncing to the Big Ten. Uh, just, just interesting scenarios. So I, I think it's apparent, though, that if there is a – if the ACC does dissolve – NC State's going to be one of the sought-after programs. The Big Ten or SEC is going to come calling. I think that that's a definitive, uh, definitive thing that's going to happen if this all breaks down the way that everybody's fearing that it will. So I firmly believe that that the SEC would be the first of the two, but it's SEC or Big Ten, in, in my honest opinion. I I think it would be great for them to be in the SEC with the proximity aspect um, just moving forward. So uh, shifting to another topic or another question here, the Pac-4's competitive fit in the AAC. Uh, this is an interesting topic. I know everybody and their brother has been talking about the Pac-4 and where they're going to end up and Cal and Stanford going to the ACC and certain institutions and programs brought blocking that potential move and where do Washington State and Oregon State go at that point did they go to the Big 12 did they get, I, there's all kinds of options the pack for joining the Mountain West they, they they join the Big 12 whatever it may be but to answer this question on their competitive fit in the AAC I mean I think it's uh, apparent that Especially Oregon State. Oregon State this year is going to be really, really good. I don't want to hint to any sleeper picks here, but I, I, they can win the Pac-12, and I and I think there's so many people that are cheering for them to do so. With the demise of the Pac-12, I think there's so many people out there that are going to be Oregon State fans this year cheering for them, and I feel so darn bad for for the fans of Oregon State, Washington State, Cal, and Stanford in this. Um, they. Nobody deserves this. Um, there's been plenty of people talking about this. That Who's thinking of the student-athletes during this whole thing? I've seen a number of student-athletes, softball players, different Olympic sports athletes saying, I chose my institution on the West Coast so my family could see me compete and play in the sport that I love. And now you're telling me i got to go to go to Piscataway, New Jersey or – Morgantown, West Virginia, and that's not a hit on either of those programs or communities. That's just saying that a student athlete at Oregon or Washington or wherever it may be, that they chose the Pac-12 so their family could see them play in an area that was a three or four hour car ride or a easy plane trip to see them participate in their sport or in their athletic field. I, I, I think that's the issue that a lot of people aren't talking about here. But <clears throat> the Pac-4's competitive fit in the AAC, I, like I said before, Oregon State's going to be really good this year. 
and moving forward. They've pumped a ton of money into that new stadium, and I feel bad for them getting left out to dry potentially in this in this uh, conference realignment shift. Washington State has had had significant success. Cal and Stanford have struggled of late, but they're still. I mean, I think we all agree that Cal and Stanford are still bigger brands. And you get Cal Berkeley, uh, then Stanford, Palo Alto. You get the Bay Area if you are able to, the Bay Area-ish, if you're able to get those programs. And I think in the AAC, if Oregon State's in the AAC this year, I'm, I'm, I'm not saying they would run away with it because UTSA and Tulane are very good. SMU is going to be good. Memphis is going to be good. But Oregon State would be the prohibited favorite this season in that conference. And I just told you guys that I think they can win the Pac-12, let alone the AAC. I think if you put Washington State in that conference this year, they certainly finish in the top half of it. I, I would even argue they finish in the top four, even. Like they would be at or near the top. It could even potentially be Oregon State, Washington State 1-2. I could really see that. Now Cal and Stanford. Cal has added a ton from the transfer portal. They have a very difficult schedule this year. They're going to be very much improved, but their schedule is tough. So it's going to be hard for them to make a jump in the very, very difficult Pac-12 this year. But this is a program that I feel like if you put in the AAC right now, they're going to be at the top two. or the, Not top two, but they're going to be at the top of the league because of what they've done in the transfer portal. They've done a fantastic job. Now, Stanford this year could struggle um, with a new coaching staff. Uh, Taylor's going to do some really good things there. He's, brought in, he's bringing in some really good recruits already. So I think Stanford's going to be just fine. This year they might struggle. They have one of the best tight ends in, in college football. But other than that, they could they could struggle a bit this year. So Stanford might not finish. I still feel like they'd be in the top half of the AAC this year, even though they're, in my opinion, the worst team in the Pac-12 right now. So I, I think if you put the Pac-4 teams – if you put them from this year into the AAC right now, I think Oregon State wins the league. And then I think Washington State, if they don't finish second, they're finishing third or fourth. And then I think if you put Cal in there, they're finishing fifth or sixth. Um, and then Stanford, they're going to finish in the top half as well. I firmly believe that. Even though, yes, they're the worst team in the Pac-12, but you put them in, a, in the AAC, they're still going to be able to handle their own. Um, leading into next question, uh, probability of the Pac-12 expanding and keeping their A5 status, which programs? Um, I, I, I've seen a lot of a lot of things thrown out there: SMU, Tulane, San Diego State, Colorado State, Boise State, Fresno State. There's so many teams you could throw in there. Personally, I think the Pac-12's best bet, me personally, is if they just join forces with the Mountain West. I think that that's the best bet because I, I, I believe if you have those pack four that are still there and you combine that with the Mountain West, the Mountain West is is right there in the conversation for the best, best G5 conference in college football. 
I think with how good Oregon State's going to be this year and moving forward, uh, and Washington State, Cal's getting better. Stanford's going to get better, uh, even with some of the issues that they have. Both those programs have with NIL and and some other things. I really believe that they're going to be able to get things moving in the right direction. Um, that 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 conference, the Pac-12 with the Mountain West, would still get that A5 status. I, I really firmly believe that. So I, I think that their best option is to combine forces. I don't think the Pac-12 trying to formulate their own league and just picking teams is going to do what they needed to do. Yes, Apple it might be back on the table with money, um, but is it anything better than what the Mountain West has right now? That that's the question. I I. I it, you hear all the you see all these figures and numbers people are throwing out about these the deals that Apple has potentially for a future Pac-12. I'll believe it when I see it. That's 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 the only thing I'm going to say about that. Then I think the Pac-12 has an interesting uh, proposition to think about when it comes to adding Gonzaga or St. Mary's when it comes to basketball. I think that that they, doing that for their future makes a ton of sense. Um, going with going with adding some maybe basketball only members um, to to really spruce up the league in, in that realm of of things, but I, I think the probability of the Pac-12 expanding and keeping their A5 status, I think the only way that that occurs is if they just join forces with the Mountain West. I, I just don't see a scenario where you go and you just pick teams away whether it be SMU, Tulane, San Diego State, Colorado State, Boise State, uh, Fresno State like I'm like I mentioned already, UNLV, whoever it may be. I just don't know if that's the right solution to this. I personally don't think it is. I think you just join forces with the Pac-12 or with the Mountain West. You got it would be 16 teams then. Yeah, 16 teams and you just roll with that. I th- I firmly believe that they would keep their A5 status with that and moving forward they would be just fine. But then it turns into like I talked about earlier with the shift that college football is making with the SEC, Big 10, Big 12. Do they just become 24 team conferences and do their own thing? That's very well possible too. So this conversation of this could be a moot point because they could just become their own thing at that point. Um, another another topic here, uh, which G5 team will exceed expectations this year? Also, which G5 conference will have the most bowl-eligible teams? Well, I f- personally believe that the, team, the G5 conference with the most bowl-eligible teams will be the Sun Belt Conference. I think the Sun Belt Conference is absolutely loaded this season. The Sun Belt East is is second to none this season. It, it really is. Like the Sun Belt East is is absolutely loaded. Um, just kind of going through each conference. If you're looking at, say, you're looking at the AAC, uh, I I think Charlotte's taking a lot of crap. Uh, from the media now th- th- I firmly believe they're going to exceed expectations they're only expected to win in two and a half games 
is what their over-under in Vegas was last time I checked. I think they shatter that. I think that team can be bowl eligible. I think Memphis can win the AAC. That offense is absolutely loaded. Um, I think SMU can win the AAC. Um, so, so there's a couple teams there I'm really high on uh, when it comes to Memphis. I'm just going to go through each each conference with this with this question. But I mean, I think Charlotte is an easy bet when it comes to. If you're looking for a team that's going to exceed expectations, Charlotte is definitely that team. If you're looking at Conference USA, Western Kentucky, I think, could exceed expectations when it comes to I, – I think everybody's in agreement that they're going to win Conference USA, but I think that there's a possibility where they can not only win Conference USA but compete for that uh, G5 represent, representation in uh, New Year's Six. I think they're that good. Um, they have some tough games on their schedule. They go to Ohio State. Uh, they go to Troy, back-to-back -back weeks. Um, so that, that that's going to be telling right there. I mean, if, if they get one or two of those wins, okay, then you're, then you're potentially on to something. Um, moving on to the next league, you look at the MAC. Uh, I, I think looking at the MAC, the East – it isn't isn't as strong as the West. I, I don't think there's any team there that's going to really exceed expectations potentially. I think Buffalo Buffalo could be a team out of the East that I could see winning the MAC East, and then maybe winning the MAC. That would be the team out of the East I would look at. In the MAC West, Toledo is the favorite, but Eastern Michigan and NIU are very good football teams. NIU could could make a run. EMU is the best coach team in the conference, so th there there's a possibility. Looking at the Mountain West, um, I'm very 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 high on the Wyoming Cowboys. That is a really good football team that I could see making some noise in the national scene. I know everybody's looking at Boise State and Air Force, but I'm saying watch out for Wyoming. And then shifting to the last G5 conference, the Sun Belt. Like I said, the East is absolutely loaded. App State, Coastal, Georgia Southern, JMU, Marshall could all make noise. Then in the West, Troy and South Alabama are loaded. South Alabama could make a run being that uh, G5 representative in the New Year's Six Bowl. Watch out for Southern Miss. There's another team that I think will exceed expectations. Get a good, good quarterback play. But if you're telling me which G5 team, picking one team, will exceed expectations, well, Charlotte getting over two and a half wins and being bowl eligible, I think, is a huge over, over uh, exceeding expectations according to the media and according to Vegas. But if you're telling me to pick one team, I think the Sun Belt is so loaded in the East that they could just eat each other up, beat each other up, and it would be really, really difficult. The West, South Alabama, could make a run into New Year's Six. The MAC, I don't think is strong enough for that this year. Buffalo, I think, is that team that could make a run and surprise some people winning the league. But if there's if you're gonna have me pick one team, I'm not gonna pick it out of the AAC. I'm gonna pick a team out of the Mountain West. And I already talked about them, but I could see Wyoming doing something really, really special this year. 
Their defense, they return 10 starters. They are absolutely loaded. Absolutely loaded on defense. They have an absolutely fantastic running back room. They have a really good offensive line, even though they lost some guys. They're going to have some good options in the receiving room. And at tight end, tight end, they got a couple guys. They just need serviceable, serviceable quarterback play. Their first game of the year, they host Texas State on CBS. That, that is an upset in the making, let me tell you that. A lot of people are very high on Texas State. And they should be. Te- or Sorry, Texas Tech. Texas Tech is going to be good this year. Can they live up to the hype? That I don't know. I'm saying buy stock on the Wyoming Cowboys. That That is a team to watch out of the G5 this year coming out of the Mountain West. Really, really good football team that I don't think enough people are talking about. Not only when it comes to winning the Mountain West, but on a national stage. That is a team to watch. I, I, I'm being serious about that. Um, another topic here. Uh, is there a possibility that an FBS team could drop to F- to the FCS level after the conference realign? And uh, who do you, who do I think it might be? Well, first off, I want to say I hope that doesn't happen to anybody. I would I would hate to see that. I really would. Um, I, I, there's so much that goes into these FBS programs, and and I, I, they I just want all of them to succeed. But you know, everybody can't. That's the problem. Uh, and I know everybody's going to sit there and say the the team that I follow the most and my favorite team, the UConn Huskies. But the leadership at UConn is too good. It's it's just the fact that there's this ridiculous, ridiculous, uh, gross representation of the program, and, and frankly, it pisses me off uh, that the media just keeps ripping them the way that they do it, it it just it frankly just makes me upset um to continue to see this narrative that it's just lazy reporting lazy 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 just do some homework my my good my good buddy pete kalen laid it out for everyone in an interview that i did with him yukon football is a sleeping giant they just need an opportunity and they need people to stop being so lazy when it comes to the reporting about this team and stop being so darn ridiculous when it comes to it. I, 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 it genuinely makes my blood boil now because of how, how, how close I've become with so many UConn fans and players and parents of players and the coaching staff. It really upsets me, this this stupid fake narrative that's out there that, that just lazy reporting, just people not wanting to do work. Please go listen to the interview I did with Pete Kalen. He laid it out. We've had UConn has had more draft picks than basically every team who's about to be in the new pack, new Big 12. Almost every team in the new Big 12. And the ones that we're not ahead of were barely behind. Barely. It's... It's, it's out there and it's facts. And, and everybody talks about, oh, UConn's been absolute trash. Well, in that time frame where Pete Kalen did that research, UConn didn't play in 2020. And they were down as a program. So think about, think about this, what they could be if the media stopped giving out, giving out this fake narrative and UConn is in a power conference where they should be. 
So I know everybody is going to say, oh, you should start with UConn with this topic of an FBS team going down to the FCS level. But miss me with that nonsense because that's what it is. It's nonsense. Like I said, I pray that none of these teams um, have to do that. But, I mean, if I have to answer this question, it, it would seem to be the likes of the independents. Obviously, Army isn't going anywhere. Notre Dame's not going anywhere. I could see, I could see in a world of teams getting left behind in realignment, maybe UMass has to drop down. I pray to God that that doesn't happen. Um, the one thing that I'm really intrigued moving forward, I think it's only a matter of time before teams start getting kicked out of conferences. What's stopping the SEC in five years saying, Vanderbilt, you're not pulling your weight, you're out of the SEC? Or Missouri, you're not pulling your weight, you're out of the SEC? What's stopping that from happening? That, that and, and, and I'm really, really intrigued to see the legality of things, the legal process that takes place when that happens. Because it's only a matter of time before we see this happen. I think that that's a bigger concern moving forward. Not somebody getting, let's say, demoted from FBS to FCS. Because I think that there's going to be ways for teams to get into a conference. I think if UMass really wanted to, and I think they do, they can get back into the MAC or even go Conference USA route. I think that there's a there's a way for them to do that. UConn as well. I think UConn, if they absolutely had to for football, they could go the Conference USA route. They could go the MAC route to stay FBS. I, I, I don't think they're uh, – I've already discussed that topic, so I'm not going to go into that any further – but I think there's ways around the FBS teams getting quote-unquote demoted. I think the bigger concern moving forward is, like I said, what's stopping a conference from kicking a team out? The, I think that moving forward, especially using the scenario where if the SEC is its own entity, then they, I mean, what's stopping them from doing it? That's that. I think that's the bigger issue moving forward. Currently, I think the teams that are already in conferences, I personally don't think they have anything to worry about when it comes to getting "quote unquote" demoted to the FCS. I think if if any, if any of that happened, it would be their own choice at that point. So that's just that's my opinion on that. Uh, looking at, and now, the next topic: sleepers, sleeper picks for the college football playoff. I think my number one sleeper pick would be the Oregon State Beavers. I think that that team is going to be really, really good this year. And like I said, I, I, I think that there's a possibility that they win the Pac-12. And if they win the Pac-12, what's stopping them from, from uh, getting college football playoff in fight? Looking at the ACC, I personally think there's only two realistic expectations to win the ACC being Clemson and Florida State. I think the only other team <clears throat> that you might be able to throw into the conversation, and it's a big if, is North Carolina, just because of potential Heisman winning quarterback uh, May that they have. That's a real long shot. Um, looking at the, the Big 12, 
I know TCU came out of there last year. Kansas State's going to be really good. So Kansas State's one to look at. I don't think Texas is necessarily a dark horse, uh, a sleeper pick for the college football playoff since they're favored by so many to win the Big 12. Um, but I, but you could throw Texas in there. I think Kansas State's going to be really good. I think that's one to watch. Um, like I said, Kansas State potentially. Uh, looking at the Big 10, realistically in the Big 10, I think we're all in agreement. It's Michigan, Ohio State, and Penn State. I don't think anybody from the West can compete for the college football playoff. I do. Th- I, I, I'll say I think Illinois wins the West, so that might surprise some people. Um, then you look at, like I already said, the Pac-12, my sleeper there. I think Oregon State is firmly the sleeper uh, for me when it comes to the college football playoff. I am a huge, huge fan of what they're doing there. And then the SEC <clears> – <throat> Tennessee out of the east, uh, potentially. I know there's some hype around South Carolina. I think the west, it's clearly LSU and Alabama, and neither of those are sleepers. So if you're telling me to pick a couple sleepers, I'll go with, I already told you, Oregon State. I guess I'll say Texas, even though a lot of people are saying they're going to win the Big 12. Kansas State is a team I'm interested to watch. I really think they can be in that conversation. And then going a real dark horse, I'll say Tennessee out of the SEC East um, there, but it, but again, I, I I think it I think it's a I think it's a pretty clear cut race this year. And I know we said that, and then TCU made it for last year, which I don't think anybody picked that. So I think every year you're going to see somebody uh, make that jump, and and again. If I had to pick just one, I'm going with Oregon State. Um, Then my final topic for discussion for this episode, uh, Florida State and Clemson. We've all heard Tuesday they're joining the Big Ten. If they join the Big Ten, if it happens, Big Ten's up to 20 teams. They got their imprint now on the southeast of the United States. The Big Ten is now covering the whole country at that point. You got your West Coast teams. You got teams in the Southeast. Obviously, you got the Midwest covered. You got teams on the East Coast. Granted, maybe not the best teams, but still, you got teams out there. Here's a conversation I've had with people in my community. And I think everybody's talking about what is Notre Dame going to do in this situation? I think Notre Dame has created a rough scenario for themselves. And and I think a lot of, I live in Big Ten country, like I've said many times. I live in Illinois. I And I grew up in Michigan. So I've, I've grown up in Big Ten country my entire life. Um, the Big Ten does not need Notre Dame. The Big Ten doesn't need Notre Dame. Because here's the thing. In this area, okay, let's, looking at the Big Ten already, Michigan, Ohio State and Penn State are already better than Notre Dame. It's a, it's a fact. They're already better. Is Notre Dame going to be better than those teams? Not in the near distant future, in my opinion. Can they get to Michigan and Ohio State? I think they could they could surpass Penn State. I think they could do that. But Notre Dame's not surpassing Ohio State and Michigan. And I firmly believe this. 
I just had this conversation with a good friend of mine today, this morning at church. I firmly believe the Big Ten adds Florida State and Clemson. The Big Ten has closed the gap with the SEC tremendously. And I don't think that there is that big of a gap at that point at all between the Big Ten and the SEC. The SEC is very, very top-heavy. I think everybody would agree with that. Georgia, Alabama, LSU, Tennessee, South Carolina is attempting to get there. Texas A&M obviously has the money and the boosters to get there. Texas coming in. Yes, it's very top-heavy, very. But the bottom of the SEC doesn't scare you. And neither does the bottom of the Big Ten, obviously. Nobody is worried about Rutgers, Northwestern, and Indiana. I, I, I get the argument there. I personally think the SEC needs Notre Dame more than the Big Ten does. And I think it has everything to do with geography. And I know a lot of people are going to say, what do, you, what do you mean? The Big Ten geography makes more sense for Notre Dame. But the Big Ten now, if they add Florida State and Clemson, covers the entire country. Yes, they don't have teams in that quote-unquote mountain region, but there's not really teams there that, that gravitate, uh, that move the Richter scale for college football. If they add Florida State and Clemson, the Big Ten is now the entire country, and they have teams on the West Coast that can win a championship. They got teams in the Southeast that can win a championship. They have teams, obviously, in the Midwest who can win a championship. And I'm going to say they have Penn State on the East Coast. It, it, on the East, they can win a championship. The SEC doesn't have that. They got teams in the Southeast that can win a national title. Adding Texas, okay, you got you got another team potentially that could win a national title. I think they need Notre Dame more because they need a team from a different region because it's going to become so centralized at that point. And I understand Georgia, right? Georgia and Alabama and LSU are the three are probably the three best jobs in college football. You're always going to have fantastic coaches and you're always going to win at the highest level. But after that, what happens? <clears throat> that that's my opinion. Closing the show here, the SEC needs the needs Notre Dame more than the Big 10, especially especially if the Big Ten adds Florida State and Clemson. Because like I said, I think the Big Ten closes the gap between the SEC significantly, where I don't even think that there's a gap anymore if they add Florida State and Clemson because you're adding two teams that can win the national title. Absolutely, 100%. They've done it. They've done it. <clears throat> Florida State did it in the late 2000s and Clemson did it not that long ago and you're going to be interested to see when I drop my top 25 when it comes to uh, my thoughts on the Big Ten and SEC I'll just leave it at that I don't want to I'll leave you hanging on that one but I don't want to 
get to dive too deep into that. So I'll leave this discussion at that. I'll, I'll be, I'm interested to hear everybody's thoughts on that. What are your thoughts on uh, Notre Dame? Where should they go? And if Florida State and Clemson end up in the Big Ten, do you side with me with Notre Dame being a much bigger draw for the SEC at that point? My opinion, I'd love to hear you guys' thoughts on that. Uh, that's going to conclude the show, though. Love, love, love the fact that I'm able to continue to do this with you guys. Like I said, I, I'm so blessed with with the listeners and followers that I have. Um, thank you guys so much. I had so many people reach out to me after I said I was going to have to uh, step away from the show. And you guys were the reason that I that I do this. I mean, it's so much. My, yes, I have a huge passion for college football, and I love it. And and I want to talk about it. I want to get paid to talk about it. Yeah, that that's my dream job. It'd be awesome. But the fact that I have so many people messaging me, being like, "Hey, we want to hear your opinion. We want to hear your thoughts. We want to hear you talk about it." it, it it's a blessing to have that. It's humbling, and uh, I, I appreciate it so much. You guys saying so many great things, nice things about me and what I'm doing here. Like I said, be on the lookout this week for uh, my conference uh, breakdowns on where I think everybody's going to fall in the conference race. I'm going to do every conference uh, this week. So really looking forward to doing that for you guys. Again, look forward to that uh, on my podcast Twitter account at TNT College Foot One. You can be on the lookout for that all week long <clears throat> and then again i'm sorry i had to quit my uh program breakdowns but with my new schedule it's just not working out love to hear from you guys drop me a dm uh, message me uh what would you like to hear talked about on next week's show uh what are your thoughts on this week's show on some of the things i said love interacting and talking with everybody it's a blast doing this so again thank you so much for the support love you guys for all the support that you give me Again, like, subscribe if you ever listen to the podcast. Uh, leave a rating uh, on uh, Spotify wherever you listen, where you're listening uh, to my podcast. Give me five stars; would be great. It does a lot for the show uh, and for me personally when it comes to the show and, and the streaming and listening. So, again, thank you guys so much. Everybody, have a good night. God bless. <laughs>